Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC, with offices in the Midwest. Stangy Law Firm is a family law firm. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. We have an exciting topic today. The topic is the importance of exhibit books at trial. Now, this is based on an article on our blog, FamilyLawHeadquarters.com, dated December 6, 2020. So as a follow-up to the episode today, go on over to FamilyLawHeadquarters.com and check out uh, the article over there uh, titled The Importance of Exhibit Books at Trial. Definitely a good read and definitely a good follow-up to the episode today. Now, in terms of jumping into the topic today, look, in a lot of ways, this is sort of a nuts and bolts uh, trial or evidentiary hearing tip. So in a lot of ways, this tip, um, is uh, geared very much toward the attorneys who are handling uh, the divorce and family law matters. But for those of you that aren't attorneys, your individuals going through a divorce or family law matter, this could definitely be something you can talk uh, to your lawyer about, really explore this topic. And, 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 and really on top of that, uh, a big key in terms of exhibit books that uh, uh, clients or individuals going through divorce or family law matters uh, can really focus on is really this concept of being organized. Uh, being organized uh, at the beginning of the case can go a long way toward helping the lawyer uh, uh, be organized in court uh, in terms of a trial or a hearing. And certainly the better organized uh, the lawyer is and the client is and they're on the same page, um, then the truth of the matter is it can help achieve a better result. So let's sort of jump into the topic uh, sort of tangibly. When we're talking about an exhibit book, I think a lot of people don't even know what that means. What, what in the world is an exhibit book? What is he talking about? Well, really what we're talking about is this, is uh, uh, the old school three-ring binder, right? So you have three-ring binders, and what you do is all the evidence um, that's going to be admitted in court uh, at a trial or a hearing goes in, in that exhibit book, okay? And it's and it's three-hole punched, and it's in that exhibit book. And, and generally, we're talking about you know, documents, uh, could be a lot of paper evidence. Obviously, there's certain things you can't put in the exhibit book itself. I mean, um, you know, take, take something that might be too big to be in the exhibit book, uh, something like that, videos, obviously, uh, you know, audio, uh, stuff like that. You can't really put it... it it really in an exhibit book, like in a three-hole binder, right, because it's not a document. But in terms of the documents you have, uh, the paper evidence uh, that you have, you know, all of that can go in a three-ring binder. And really the beauty of this is this, is coming into court, the lawyer can come in and have a copy of the exhibit book for themselves. Uh, they can have a copy of the exhibit book uh, for it to be put on the witness stand. So witnesses testifying will have the book there. They can easily... Uh, flip uh, to whatever uh, the exhibit being referenced uh, by the examination or the cross-examination. They can flip to it and see it. Uh, copies are given to opposing counsel. If there's a guardian ad litem, a copy of the exhibit book goes to uh, uh, the guardian ad litem. Uh, certainly a copy of the exhibit book goes to the judge as well. And so, again, these are uh, documents uh, that are put in a three-ring binder. Uh, typically, they're organized uh, in this manner, which is they're either marked uh, the, in terms of the first document by a letter or a number. So the protocol of this can vary uh, based on 
really the jurisdiction and, and uh, you know, who's the petitioner and who's the respondent. Um, but exhibits are generally numbered uh, or they're lettered in order, and then they get bait stamped. So each page, uh, in theory, gets uh, a page number in the bottom corner. So if there's a witness on the witness stand, the lawyer can say, you know, Mr. Doe, could you please turn to Exhibit B, page 20, and let me show you something on this exhibit. Let me ask you a question about what's on page 20 of Exhibit B. And see, by doing this, it's, it's very organized. Um, you you uh, essentially negate the time where there's just confusion about where somebody's supposed to look. Uh, the lawyer doesn't have to get up. Uh, each and every time, walk up to the witness stand, uh, hand the exhibit uh, to the witness, and then flip to the page for them. And so, look, it, it's very organized. Uh, it's very well thought out. And, and at the front of the exhibit book, uh, generally, is a cover sheet that lists all the evidence. So it will, you know, list it from A to Z, or 1 to 50, however many exhibits there are, uh, and, and it will list them. And, and then you normally tab each exhibit. Uh, in the corner of it. So you would tab exhibit one so somebody can just flip to it. You know, you tab exhibit two, somebody literally can just flip flip to it and, and get right uh, to that exhibit and then go to the exact page number, okay? So this is what an exhibit book is, and, and it really helps the lawyer be organized. And by the lawyer being organized, they can present a better case uh, to the judge. And the truth of the matter is uh, this can help lead to better results versus a lawyer having to get up and walk around the courtroom hand each exhibit uh, to the witness on the stand, which is a lot of back and forth, and then giving copies to the other attorney, the guardian ad litem, the judge. If everybody's got the exhibit book, uh, much simpler, much quicker, much more efficient. Okay, So the exhibit books can really uh, help in that way, and by doing that, it can help achieve a better result because it's thought out. I mean, the lawyer's thought in advance. Okay, what am I planning on admitting uh, in court and, and really in what order? And then what witnesses are going to uh, be uh, getting examination questions based on particular exhibits? All of this can be thought out in advance. This is much better than a lawyer sort of improving in the courtroom, you know, reaching into the file, trying to find something, not having copies of it, um, all of this kind of stuff, not good. So exhibit books can be, can be a huge help. Now, uh, in terms of how to organize an exhibit book, uh, this, in some ways, is much more uh, of an art versus a science, right? So different lawyers might uh, profess to do this a little bit differently. Um, but in a general sense, from my vantage point, I mean, take a divorce uh, where there's uh, marital property and debt, uh, there's child custody issues, okay, there's child support issues, you know, there's spousal support issues, uh, there could be attorney fees in terms of who's paying whose attorney fees could be an issue, uh, and maybe there's issues like marital misconduct, let's say. I mean, you name it. Uh, the best way from my vantage point to organize an exhibit book is do this, which is divide it up topically, okay? So have all the exhibits relating to child custody near each other. And, and then you sort of bookend um, that section with the proposed custody schedule or parenting plan. In terms of child support, you then want all the, the documents and evidence that relate to child support. So it could be income information, it could be health care expenses, it could be daycare expenses, extracurricular costs. I mean, you name it, and this is going to vary based on the jurisdiction. But you have <clears throat> all this evidence next to each other, and then you bookend it or end it with the child support calculations.
Okay, so it's it, that's like the conclusion, and it's much much easier for a judge to follow this. Um, in terms of spousal support, you would have all the documents and evidence uh, relating to that near each other. So again, income information, expense information, whatever the calculations are in a particular state, the documents and evidence that really support the calculations, they all need to be near each other. And then the final exhibit ought to be the proposed um, uh, child or spousal support calculations. If there's a formula in the state, uh, you know, but some some uh, document that delineates to the court what it is a party's asking for and why. Um, okay, if marital misconduct is an issue, all the documents and evidence relating to marital misconduct uh, should be grouped near each other. Uh, same if there's an issue with attorney fees, right? In some cases, each party pays their own attorney fees. In some cases, one party is requesting the other um, to uh, pay the attorney fees of the other. So if there's documents or evidence relating to that, that should all be near each other. Um, so if somebody was you know, delinquent in responding to discovery, um, if somebody uh, uh, maybe makes substantially more income, again, a lot of that, uh, evidence might have already been presented, but that can be there as well. Uh, perhaps the invoices uh, from the lawyer in the case uh, can be in that exhibit book, although you've got to be careful there that there's nothing privileged and confidential in there. So oftentimes that stuff has to be redacted out. But long story short, um, the biggest tip in terms of how to organize an exhibit book would be organize it topically. topically. And, and oftentimes, you know, uh, a party ought to have at the beginning of the exhibit book from a topical sense uh, uh, the evidence that's most important to them. So if custody is most important, then maybe the exhibit book starts with custody. Um, if property and debt division is most important to the client, then maybe the property and debt division um, evidence is submitted first at trial. I mean, lawyers have to think this through because sometimes these trials can go by in a blink of an eye. You know, some judges will limit trial time. And so you don't want to spend the time in court focusing on things that aren't that important to the client. You want to get to uh, what is important. And, and generally speaking, you want to get to that as quickly as possible in a trial uh, because that's what's important to the client. And, and so that's what ought to be focused on. Okay. So again, uh, organize the exhibit book topically. Uh, another great tip I have about exhibit books, again, is have a copy for everybody. And I kind of briefly mentioned this before. Um, but there ought to be a copy of the exhibit book for the witness stand. There ought to be a copy for the judge. There ought to be a copy uh, for the opposing attorney. If there's a guardian ad litem, there ought to be a copy for them. If there's other attorneys involved in the case for whatever reason, there's some sort of third-party respondent or some sort of intervener, let's say, have a copy of the, of the exhibit book for them. Uh, this uh, helps ensure time is not wasted in court. Again, so much time can be wasted if the lawyer has to be uh, physically handing a copy of each exhibit um, uh, to each uh, lawyer in the courtroom or the witness on the stand. Uh, and if parties don't know what page to turn to, uh, they can't find the exhibit. Um, so I know a lot of individuals, you know, who are going through divorce or family law matter might not you know, enjoy seeing this on the bill. In other words, the organization of the exhibit book, uh, the making of the copies of the exhibit book. Uh, but the truth of the matter is having copies in uh, helps ensure the case is presented more persuasively, keeps the trial organized uh, better, and it probably, in my opinion, often cuts down on the trial time because the trial's moving quicker. Everything is thought through in advance in terms of uh, the exhibits, not this wasted time, okay? And again, that really takes me to this last point as well, which is exhibit books uh, can shorten the trial time. Again, 
uh, I think a lot of lawyers can speak to this. Uh, I, I've seen it on some occasions as well, where the you know the other lawyers, you know, flipping through the file looking for an exhibit. They didn't have copies of it. They didn't have it marked in advance. You know, they're trying to pull something out. You know, all of that can result in delay. Uh, that delay could turn a one-day trial into a two-day trial. Uh, sometimes it can um, uh, aggravate the parties that they have to come back another day. Sometimes it can upset the judge uh, that the case wasn't done in a day because the judge probably has a lot of cases to hear. And so uh, organization can shorten trial time. And, and, again, this organization takes some time prior to trial on the part of the lawyer and the law firm to put this together. Um, but in most instances, it can be very useful. Now, let me tell you one thing, which would be sort of uh, contrary uh, to the use of exhibit books. This would be one downside, if you will, which isn't contained in the in the article. Uh, but it is something to think about in some circumstances, which is this: is is if you put an exhibit in the exhibit book, and then you give a, a copy of the exhibit book to the opposing attorney um, before the trial. Uh, certainly, there is an argument that it can take away the surprise element. So maybe if there's a secret piece of evidence that uh, the lawyer has and, and the other side hasn't requested it in discovery, let's say, so it hasn't been provided, yeah, in theory, um, the surprise element can be taken away in some respects because the other lawyer can see uh, what is coming. So that would be one potential reason not to do an exhibit book. Uh, but in most cases, uh, from my vantage point, look, there's been interrogatories and requests for productions already issued. And so everything's already been turned over, okay? Lots of judges, uh, from my vantage point, will have pretrial orders that require the exchanging of exhibit books. And so if that's the case, uh, then forget the surprise element because um, uh, ultimately the, the judges already ordered the exhibits uh, be turned over. Um, so, again, I'm just in fairness, though, trying to give you the other side, and this is what some lawyers might argue uh, might be troublesome in terms of doing exhibit books, but all things being equal, from my vantage point, they're worthwhile doing and good uh, to do in most instances. All right. Uh, that is the topic today. As a follow-up, go on over to Family Law Headquarters, read the article, and find out more. But thanks for tuning in, and stay tuned to our next episode coming up. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stange. Visit StangeLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stangy Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtain on this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be legal advice. You should contact an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. And finally, past results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stange is responsible for the content. Principal Place of Business, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105.